0: Alright, folks, I'm going to read this little uh, article from jstor.org. It's The Burning Bush and the Origin of Judaism by Paul Hopped from the American Philosophical Society. Alright. Burning Bush and the Origin of Judaism by Paul Haupt, read April twenty third, nineteen o nine. God damn, it. this was all the way back in nineteen o nine. All right. Last autumn, four members of our society were invited by the German Emperor to attend the first performance of Friedrich Deliche's Sardanapal at the Royal Opera in Berlin. The climax of this historical pantomime, which is based on Lord Byron's tragedy Sardana Palace and a ballet of Paul Taglioni, is the great pyre in the last scene, on which Sardana Palace burns himself with his queen, his attendants, and his treasures. Treasures. The whole stage is full of fire, but of course nothing is burnt. The blaze is produced by steam with reflected red light. In the same way, you see the stage full of fire in the last scene of Richard Wagner's musical drama, Die Walker. Woden Woden passes through the flames, but he is not scorched. The black cloud over Mount Vesuvius has a fiery aspect at night, but this is merely the reflex of the fiery lava within the crater. The pillar of smoke over a volcano consists chiefly of steam and ashes. Volcanic eruptions are often not central but lateral. The great eruption of Mont Pelée in the northern part of the island of Martinique on May 8, 1902 was a lateral eruption. In the case of Mount Etna, lateral eruptions are more frequent than eruptions from the central crater. There are several hundred parasitic craters on the flanks of Mount Etna, especially on the southern side, in the zone between an altitude of 1000 and 2000 meters. This region is wooded. The volcano is covered with trees up to an altitude of 2200 meters and shrubs grow up to 2500 meters if there should be in this region a cloud of steam over a lateral crater the shrubs around it might seem to be a fire without being consumed if there should be In this region, a cloud of steam over a lateral crater, the shrubs around it might seem to be a fire without being consumed. This, I think, is the great sight which Moses observed on the mountain of God about 1200 B.C. Mount Sinai is generally supposed to be a mountain on the so-called Sinaitic Peninsula between the Gulf of Suez and the Gulf of Aqaba. The majority of scholars believe that the mountain of the law was the present Jabal Musa, the Mountain of Moses, which is the highest point of this barren peninsula in the south, rising to a height of 7,362 feet. But the two famous Egyptologists, Richard Lepsius and George Ebers, claimed this, dis- this distinction for the Jabal Serbal in the northwest, which is 6,731 feet high. Mount Sinai, however, cannot be located on the Sinaitic Peninsula. It was a volcano in the land of Midian on the northeastern shore of the Red Sea. Midian is not the name of an Arabian tribe. It denotes the Sinaitic Afiktoni, that is, the League of Worshippers of Jehovah, in the neighborhood of Elath, the Edomite Edomite port at the northeastern end of the Red Sea. Midian is derived from the Old Sumerian word Din which means in Arabic not only judgment but also religion law and religion are intimately connected in the east the jewish religion is known as the mosaic law in the new testament the jewish theologians are called lawyers did you hear that <laughs> the the jewish religion is known as the mosaic law in the New Testament, the Jewish theologians are called lawyers. Remember, uh, it says the law was given to the to the to the Hebrews, the Israelites. The Arabic term faqih denotes a scholar versed both in jurisprudence and theology. Midianite is not a name like Arabic, but a term like Islamic. Priest of Midian means a priest of the Sinaitic. Amphitione. The name of Moses' father in law was Jethro, which may be connected with the name of the Egyptian sun god Ra, which we find also in Potiphera and Potiphar. For Petiphro, compared to. Okay. In the original tradition, Moses was the son in law of a priest of On or Heliopolis, the city of the sun god. Yeah, remember uh, Mr. Jordan Maxwell even talks about this when he explains Solomon. Solomon, the temple of the sun, is which he says is the great pyramid. Okay, Moses' Egyptian wife is contemptuously referred to as the... Check this out. As the what? As the Ethiopian woman. All right. Afterwards, this tradition was transferred to Joseph. Moses is not a proper name, but a title, meaning deliverer. Moses is not a name, but a title, meaning deliverer. He was an Edomite, but the son-in-law of an Egyptian priest of Heliopolis near the western end of Goshen, where the Edomite, where the Edomite ancestors of the Jews lived before the Exodus. According to Acts 7.22, Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. If we bear this in mind, we can appreciate the remarkable statement in Deuteronomy. Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, for thou wast a stranger in his land. The children that are begotten of them shall enter into the congregation of Jehovah in their third generation. The Edomites were not enemies of their brethren in Jerusalem at the time of Nebuchadnezzar, about 586 B.C., but they were unfriendly disposed toward the Jews at the time of Judas Maccabeus about 164 B.C. Both Moses and David were Edomites. Moses established the Jewish religion. David founded the Kingdom of Judah. Moses corresponds to Muhammad, David to Omar. The Levites were Edomite priests. According to Exodus 2:1, Moses' father belonged to a priestly family, Beth Levi. Beth Levi, and Moses' mother was the daughter of a priest Bath Levi. Uh, this word, the whole priest, priest, priestess, I think is basically shamans. Just another word for shamans. Okay. Jewish monotheism is derived from Egypt. Monotheism can have originated only in a highly civilized country as a reaction against excessive polytheism. About 1350 BC, Amenophis IV of Egypt endeavored to supersede the old polytheistic religion by the exclusive worship of the sun, S-U-N, sun. He prohibited the cult of Amun and of all other gods. Their images were destroyed and their names erased from the walls of the temples and other public buildings. So, like I said, religion is the story that... Is the glue that to hold the whole culture civilization together where the storyteller is the god king, whatever. And yeah, this is the story, this is what happens. So that's what we call religion. This guy said no, the sun is the main god now, everything else gotta get gotta go. So that's that's just the way it goes. Just like right now, if anybody talks shit about you know the thing going on in the middle of the world you know then they'll shut you up though basically yeah it's because this is the story this person is saying and this if you want to be part of this story well this is how it goes that's just that's called religion okay after his death however a reaction set in and his innovations were abolished but some priests of this monotheistic cult may have survived in Hel- Heliopolis and Moses and Moses's father-in-law may have been one of them. Hobab is not a proper name, but a term for father-in-law. Jethro, the Hobab of Moses, was attached to the Edomite clan Reuel. Reuel. Jehovah was an was an Edomite god. Let me say that again. Jehovah was an Edomite god. The meaning of the name is "He who causes to be." In Exodus three fourteen, we must read instead of the meaningless "Ehye Asher Ehye," "I am that I am." Aye Asher," "Iye," "I cause to be what is." The old name of this God of the Edomites was Esau. Hmm. Which is a dialectic form of the Hebrew word Osei For Asai, maker Esau, remember, is the brother of Jacob Mm. You saying this is all just stories? (laughs) The Jews are the descendants of the Edomite worshippers of Jehovah Who were united under the leadership of David about 1000 B.C. David belonged to the Edomite clan Ephrath in one of the Fertile valleys about Hebron He was not a native Of Bethlehem neither was any Son or descendant of David Ever born in Bethlehem Yeah what if What if the original This group of people Came from You know that The, the whole uh, Stone towers of the Himalayas what if that's where they came from? Anyways, Judah, Yehuda, is not the name of an Israelitish tribe, baby, but but a feminine collective to Yehodeh. He confesses. King of Judah is originally a title, like title like the Islamic commander of the faithful. The worship of Jehovah was introduced by in Israel by David about 1000 BC, after he had conquered the northern federation of Israelitish tribes, but after the death of Solomon, the Israelites relapsed into their former idolatry. The Israelites have vanished. They survive only mixed with numerous foreign elements, including a considerable considerable percentage of Aryan colonists in the Samaritans' whose number is now reduced to 170 souls. The Israelites were not in Egypt, but the Edomite ancestors of the Jews were in Egypt about 1230 BC under the reign of Merneptah, whose name appears in the Old Testament as Meneptoah. At that time, the Israelites were settled in Palestine, in the region of Mount Ephraim. At the time of Gideon, about 1100 BC, the Israelitish peasants in Palestine were idolaters, while the invading Midianites were worshippers of Jehovah. The legends of the ancient Israelites have been subsequently conformed to Judaic standards, just as the traditions of South Arabia have been systematically altered by the followers of Muhammad. The names of the ancient Israelitish gods and the old legends were afterwards replaced by the angel of Jehovah or Jehovah. Gideon's name, Jerubbabel, shows that he was not a worshipper of Jehovah. If the Midianite Bedouins had not been defeated by the Israelitish peasants, they would have conquered Palestine from the east. As they were repulsed at that time, they afterwards invaded Palestine from the south. It is possible that in the time of Gideon, the son of an Israelitish herdsman was sold by Midianitish Ishmaelites or Ishmaelitish Midianites <laughs> as a slave into Egypt, where he afterwards attained a prominent position. But the statement that this happened to the ancestor of Ephraim and Manasseh is, is a later modification of the original tradition. As the Israelites never were in Egypt, the official historians tried to create the impression that Ephraim and Manasseh had been born in Egypt and that the Israelites had been from the beginning worshippers of Jehovah. The story of Joseph seems to have been influenced in some Okay, continuing. The story of Joseph seems to have been influenced in some respects by the ancient Egyptian poetic autobiography of Sinuhet about 2000 B.C. Also, Balaam was a prophet of Jehovah while the Israelites, who were to be cursed by this Edomite seer were idolaters. In Numbers, we read that Balaam came from Aram, from the great mountain in the east, that is Mount Sinai, in the neighborhood of Elath, on the east on the northeastern shore of the Red Sea. This Aram is not Syria but the Quranic Iramu, which we find in the eighty-ninth Surah in connection with the Edites. Iramu or Aramu denotes the region southeast of Elath. Balam is identical with Lokman the Wise. Lokman is a translation of Balam. Both names mean devourer. The name of Balam's father is Beor, and Lokman's father was called Baor. Yeah, you know, wasn't Balam also the story of when the donkey spoke to Balam? Lakhman was born at Elath. Elath or Eloth means tall trees, including palms. And there is a large grove of palm trees near Elath. In Judges, Elath is called the city of palm trees. In the Quran, the Midianites of Elath are called the people of the grove. Aykat is an adaptation of Ilat the Arabic name of Elath just as just as Midian is not a tribal name but the ancient term for the Sinaitic and so the Adites referred to in the Quran are not a tribe but a religious confederation Arab is the Collective to Adah Custom Usage Institution A synonym of Sunnah Which may be connected With Sinai It is originally a designation Of the worshippers of Jehovah As are also Midian and Yehuda The prototypes Of the later congregation Hud, the name of the prophet Who was sent to the Adites Is but a shortened form of Yehuda Shu'aib, the Arabic name of Jethro, means small tribe. Mount Sinai, the sacred mountain of Midian, must have been a volcano. When the Edomite ancestors of the Jews came to Mount Sinai after the exodus from Egypt, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. This passage from Exodus describes a volcanic eruption accompanied by earthquakes and thunderstorms. Also, another interesting thing I find is after Jesus died on the cross, what happened? There was lightning and thunder, and the earth shook. There was an earthquake. Hmm. (laughs) Homer uses trumpeting for thundering in Revelation the angels sound the seven trumpets I say Tonga was the first one motherfuckers (laughs) cause these trumpets are thundering cause these trumpets are volcanoes They produce massive sonic booms. Okay. We use blare not only of a sound like that of a trumpet, but also of a loud or bellowing noise. We speak of the blare of trumpets and the blare of thunder. Yeah, even elephants are... they're... they're, uh... They're called the trump... they're the trumpets of... whatever... Animal noise. Okay, um... We speak of the blare of trumpets and the blare of thunder. In Babylonian omen tablets, the blare of thunder is compared to the voices of various animals. Rams, asses, horses, hogs, lions, dogs, rats, chickens, and other birds, etc. Pliny says that earthquakes are preceded or accompanied by a terrible noise which resembles either a murmuring or a roaring Or the shouting of men Or the clangor of arms It's interesting uh, because There's been like all these Incidents around the world Apparently of these strange noises That people keep Complaining about or recording about I'm telling you! <laughs> Alright. A Winchester physician said of the recent seismic shocks in Virginia at the beginning of this month, April 1909, I felt two earthquake shocks. They were like the boom of heavy cannons fired in quick su- succession and were followed by a loud roaring and rumbling. The earth trembled and my house swayed perceptibly. In the same way, the walls of Jericho, which were excavated a year ago by the Dutch-Orient Gelaschaft, were destroyed by an earthquake accompanied by shouting and horn blowing, that is, roaring and rumbling. The idea that the walls of this ancient impregnable fortress fell down owing to the shouts of the Israelites and the horn-blowing Israelitish priests is a later embellishment. Of course it's a later embellishment. <coughs> <coughs> Similarly, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed by a tectonic earthquake. Well, it could, could have been a volcano too because fire fell down from the sky. So. this was discussed more than 10 years ago by the German geologist Blankenhorn in his book on the Dead Sea and the Destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah Berlin 1908 also the the explanation of the Pillar of Salt was given long ago at the southwestern end of the Dead Sea there is the so-called Mountain of Sodom consisting of crystallized, crystallized rock salt how are crystals formed, people? Hmm. Sound. <laughs> crystals. Snowflakes. How are they formed? By sound. It shows you this whole thing is musical. Okay. We are under this vault. This dome of sound. Of vibration. Okay. Um, from the face of it... Great fragments are occasionally detached by the action of the rains, and appear as pillars of salt advanced in front of the general mass. Such pillars or pinnacles have been often noticed by travelers. Lieutenant W.F. Lynch described one of which was about 40 feet high, cylindrical in form, and resting on a kind of oval... Pedestal some 50 feet above the level of the sea Look man back in the day when we were still Traveling with the Silk Road and all this stuff before we had all these anyways, so basically that's when People were traveling back and forth. They were seeing all these different images. They were sharing all these different stories they were they were smelling all these different new smells and textures and colors and sounds Foods Yeah You're gonna Fucking write down These stories So you So you remember man What the fuck does Auto What do we do Right now We Back in the day People would travel Write down Their journals Nowadays we go Travel and make Fucking traveling Journal blogs It's like We do the same thing We go We are Points of awareness Traveling around Collecting all kinds of stuff, and and then writing down stories, telling our story. That's all we do. Okay. A picture of it is given in Lynch's narrative of the U.S. expedition up to the River Jordan and the Dead Sea. Canon Driver of Christ Church, Oxford, says it is probable uh, that some such pillar, conspicuous in antiquity gave rise to the story of lot's wife the late professor edward robinson blah 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 blah, blah, remarked in his biblical researches that during the rainy season such pillars were constantly in the process of formation and destruction the other day my little girl who is but 12 years old was reading some of the numerous clippings which denounced my allusion to the destruction of sodom and gomorrah and raised the question how i could explain the pillar of salt she said how could lot see that his wife became a pillar of salt if he had looked back he would have become a pillar of salt too the meaning of the original text in genesis is undoubtedly that as soon as lot's wife looked back she became a pillar of salt see man this is what i'm saying kids are way smarter than us adults man. She caught it, she was like, well, how did Lot know his wife turned into Pillar of Salt unless he looked back? And if he looked back, he should have also turned into Pillar of Salt. Kids are fucking smart, man. Adults are dumb fucks. Adults are dumb as fuck, man. Okay. Um, The meaning, okay, blah, blah, blah. In In a Philadelphia paper, a correspondent stated I had overlooked the comma there were no commas in the original text. (laughs) The majority of the readers of the Bible do not realize the title page of the authorized version contains the statement, translated out of the original tongues and with the former translations diligently compared and revised by His Majesty's special command. In Exodus, we read, The sight of the glory of Jehovah was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the Israelites. Let me read that again. Exodus, XXIV, what is that? 17, we read, The sight of the glory of Jehovah was like devouring fire on the top of of the mount in the eyes of the Israelites. Also, The word pyramid, pyra meaning fire, mid meaning mound, pyramound, a mound of fire. The pyramid is a symbol of a volcano, okay? All these mounds people are starting to find now. I think it was people making charcoal. And that's why if you look at the pyramid, where the pyramids are in Egypt, it's fucking all... Barren as fuck Because Back in the day In order to make iron You needed wood To smelt the iron ore Once You chop down all the wood How do you How do you keep Smelting iron When you are out of wood As your energy source What else do you use To produce fire Hmm Hmm oil motherfucker fossil fuels and that's where we are right now it's where we're still at okay fossil fuels equals making weapons of mass destruction okay um according to Exodus X I I I Jehovah was before them by day in a pillar of a cloud and by night in a pillar of fire. The modification that this pillar of smoke or fire preceded them on their march in the wilderness is a later embellishment suggested by the custom of carrying at the head of a caravan in in a crescent mounted upon a long pole a beacon fire the blaze of which served as a guiding light at night, while the smoke signals the, the direction during the day. Isn't that interesting? That whole section right there makes me think of the thing they do when they pick a new pope. Remember, white smoke means they've picked one and black smoke means they haven't picked one yet. Hmm. Okay, according to the priestly code, which was compiled by Jewish priests during the Babylonian captivity captivity about 500 BC, the cloud was over the tabernacle by day and by night fire beaconed there. But originally the cloud was on the top of Mount Sinai, and at night it had a fiery aspect. Sinai means covered with senna shrubs. Hmm. This seems to be the older name of the mountain of Jehovah. I will also say Sinai, spelled S-I-N-A-E, was the Greek word or name for China. Sina. Sine. Sina. China. Horeb, which is equivalent to Pelé, that is Bear Mountain, is a later name. The top of the mountain may have been bare after the eruption observed by the Hebrews after their exodus from Egypt. I only mentioned this the, the China part because if you look at the world map, the, the place where Xinjiang is right now, the desert of Sin, the moon god, that's like right there in smack middle of west and east in that desert area and back in the day during the Silk Road times people would travel uh, through that area all the time that was basically the meeting point of the Himalayas the west and the east, China and the there's stories about uh, the Turpan Volcano in Turpan, Turpan, Turfan I don't know how it is but it's, it's basically where the Uyghurs are The autonomous regions of the Uyghurs right now They have stories of volcanoes And they have stories of The whole pillar of light And pillar of smoke They have this whole story From there So that's what I'm saying What if all these stories were just taken From here Or happened here And then it just made its way down to the west By the time it got there It just got translated differently Okay um okay the top of blah blah blah. The top of the mountain may have been bare after the eruption observed by the Hebrews after their exodus from Egypt. The volcano may have been dormant for centuries when Moses saw the first flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, that is a clump of cena shrubs. See like these guys, if they talked to Jordan Maxwell, Jordan Maxwell would have told them that Moses, Like Jesus all the stuff Didn't never existed It's just a story So that's what I'm saying From that perspective That's the conclusion I came to also That there's just stories These are just stories That were taken from somewhere else So then I went looking for Okay then where did these stories come from And they just keep pointing back Towards the east to China Because China is old as fuck And they have History older than your grandmother so they have history over thou- over 3,000 years man it's like even historians complain about how long China's history is <laughs> okay <sighs> the famous Arabian geographer and historian Abul Feda who died in AD 1331 says: Opinions differ with regard to Mount Sinai. Some say it is a mountain in the neighborhood of Elath; others, a mountain in Syria. According to some, Sina denotes the stones of the mountain. According to others, the shrubs thereon. Sana is the Arabic name for Sena. and Sina means small stones. That is the lapilli of the volcano. In Exodus. Blah, blah blah, the Hebrews are warned against drawing too near to the mountain, inasmuch as any man or beast might be killed by a volcanic bomb or the lapilli ejected from the volcano. The universal interpretation of this passage, which we find also in the New Testament, That men or beasts that disregarded this prohibition were to be executed by being stoned or shot with an arrow is grotesque. No Hebrew ever shot a domestic cow with an arrow. There is a mountain in the neighborhood of Elath known as the Jabal al-Nur, the Mountain of Light or Jabal al-Nur. Baghir, a modification of Bagil, which denotes a region near the water or between cultivated land and the wilderness. The Arabs say that the Lord spoke to Moses on that mountain. There is also a Jabal Harb, southeast of Elath, which is 7218 feet high. It is situated near the eastern shore of the Red Sea, about latitude 28 north, west of tabuk north of ziba on the red sea on the route of the pilgrims from egypt to mecca we ought to send an expedition to Aqaba to find out whether these two mountains are extinct volcanoes and covered with senna shrubs systematic explorations of this volcanic region of the cradle of judaism would no doubt yield the most striking results i am inclined to think that Not only the Edomite ancestors of the Jews came from that region, but also the Semites who invaded both Babylonia and Egypt. The Aborigines Aborigines of Egypt must have been a Negroid race, but Semites must have invaded the Valley of the Nile in the prehistoric period. Man, even this shit is outdated, obviously. Okay, some of these Semitic invaders, it may be supposed, came over land, crossed the Isthmus of Suez, which is just Zeus, spelled backwards, and <coughs> and founded the northern kingdom of Egypt and the Delta. Others came across the Red Sea near Kosair and established the southern kingdom in upper egypt <coughs> <coughs> the northern and the southern kingdoms were <coughs> were afterwards united by menes about bc 3300 just as <coughs> David united his southern kingdom with the northern kingdom of Israel about 1,000 B.C. The Israelites may have originally lived with their Edomite brethren (coughs) on the northeastern shore of the Red Sea, but they must afterwards have sojourned for some time in Mesopotamia before they settled in Palestine <coughs> they may ha- they may be a branch of the semites who had invaded northern babylonia and afterwards and had afterwards gone to assyria <coughs> the edomite ancestors of the jews invaded palestine from the south prior to bc 1000 but the israelites must have come <coughs> to Palestine from the northeast, <coughs> probably through Raqqa on the Euphrates, Palmyra, and Damascus prior to BC 1400, and settled <coughs> first in the northern region of the country east of the Jordan, that is Bashan and Gilead. If the Israelites sojourned in Mesopotamia, we can understand the points of contact between the Israelitish law book and the code of Hammurabi. The Decalogue represents the quintessence of the old moral and religious precepts, which was probably extracted by the prophets in the 7th century after Israel had fallen in BC 721 and which was afterwards still more concentrated by Jesus. According to later Judaic tradition, Abraham came from Ur of the Chaldees and went afterwards to Egypt. <clears throat> the same source states that Abraham had an Egyptian concubine. The object of such statements as we find example is to emphasize that the fact that the Egyptians, among whom the Edomite ancestors of the Jews sojourned for some time, (coughs) considered themselves superior to the forefathers of the Israelites. Genesis explains how it happened that the Israelites in the north possessed a higher civilization than their Edomite brethren in the south. The Israelites were peasants, the Edomites, on the other hand, semi-nomadic shepherds. Sons of Leah means cowboys. What? Sons of Leah means cowboys. Sons of Rachel, shepherds. Did you hear that? <clears throat> Sons of Leah means cowboys. Sons of Rachel, shepherds. The statement that Joseph, the father of Ephraim and Manasseh, was a son of Rachel, must be viewed in the same light as the tradition that the Israelites were in Egypt. The ancient Egyptians called themselves worshippers of Horus, God of light. This deity may be ultimately identical with the God of the Sinaitic volcano. Har is the Arabic term for volcanic regions. In the Old Testament we find Harerim in Jeremiah. <clears throat> Nahor, which was originally the name of an Aramaic deity, can be can hardly be connected with Horse. Every statement with regard prehistoric periods is of course more or less conjectural but I adhere to the principle that the probably right is preferable to the undoubtedly wrong the possibility cannot be denied it is even possible that the Sumerians are Egyptian emigrants of the pre-semitic population of Egypt who left their native land after the double Semitic invasion across the Isthmus of Suez and the Red Sea near Kosair. The Sumerians may have come from Egypt to southern Babylonia through the Persian Gulf, which would explain the legend of Oanus and several remarkable points of contact between Egyptian culture and Babylonian civilization. There is even a racial resemblance between the Sumerian heads of Telo and the head of the famous statue of the Egyptian scribe in the Louvre, or the head of the well-known wooden statue known as the Sheikh (coughs) al-Balad. We have, of course, no mathematical evidence for the prehistoric periods of, of Arabia, Egypt, and Babylonia, but so much is certain Jewish monotheism is derived from Egypt and the sacred mountain of the Edomite ancestors of the Jews was a volcano near the ancient Edomitic port of Elah at the northeastern end of the Red Sea. <coughs> burning bush on the mountain of God as well as the miraculous passage of the Hebrews through the Red Sea are not legendary but historical. I believe that the deliverer was a historical person but we need not not believe that Moses and Aaron, Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel saw God. The author of the fourth gospel says, No man hath seen God at any time. Deuteronomy says, The Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only ye heard a voice. But Jesus told the Jews according to St. John, Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Well, because the Bible is the greatest story ever told. It's a collection of these epic stories picked up from all over the world thanks to the Silk Road. And, you know, the Pope said, well, this mythology is historical. This is our foundation of Western civilization, of Christianity is based on stories, mythological legends, stories, which is based on historical facts, but it's, it's basically a collection of stories from all over the world. <clears throat> and they use the story, to change the details, so that they can, you know, control Israel, because Israel is the midpoint of this whole world, basically. It is the point where all continents meet physically, geographically. and Saudi Arabia just happens to be you know the motherload of oil. So how convenient that all these monotheistic religions that um, are very war, like they love war for some reason, and all three of them happen to be, you know, claiming Israel is is uh, <laughs> geographically key for their story to be real. So, is it real, Israel? <laughs> huh? Or is it just a story? conveniently written out and collected from all over the world for the, (coughs) basically, for the emperor to have a free lunch, basically. That's the power of stories. You set up the system so you have a free lunch. Everybody's doing it. How many suckers can I um, domesticate into my sheep pen so I can survive off of them? That's all religion is, that's all governance is, is you find some animals and you multiply them so that you can live off of them and then you call it a nation just scale it up that's all it is and you got to protect your goods now there's other shepherds with uh bigger flocks that need more land and water and resources so what are you going to do <laughs> there's nothing new under the sun man stories All good stories have the same characters, man. We are just here to wear these different masks and play these different parts. And at the end, we will all hold hands together and take a bow and say, What a fucking show. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. Peace.